Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Cast Haven. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always is Nathan Gullia. Nate, how's it going, man? Pretty good. How are you? Good. Uh, coming off of a, uh, well, I guess I should say I could be I could be doing better. Coming off of a 3-3 three and three, uh, a couple days ago at, uh, at a Legacy GPT. One of the last Legacy GPTs, actually. Um, yeah, literally and figuratively. Yeah. The Grand Prix is going to be coming up here, I guess, in a couple weeks. So yeah. everybody's trying to get those last-minute buys in. Well, I haven't played Magic in a while, so why don't you tell us about your Grand Prix trial? Yeah, so I decided to... I had been playing Infect Online, but I wanted to play Rug in real life because I'm just much more competent with the deck, and I thought I could probably eke into the metagame over at the Geekery uh, playing something a little different. So I decided to run the uh, Delverless uh, Rug deck, but I was playing um, a couple targets. I had a... a Tarmogoyf, and I had uh, some Cryptic uh, Serpents uh, in, in the deck. So I, I was playing some cards that could be could be targeted, but I figured with Miracles not around, maybe I'd be able to uh, not have to worry about, you know, uh, f- Swords of Plowshare so much. So I figured, why not? Like, let's see what happens. I'll give I'll give a couple extra targets for my for my t- uh, opponent's pushes and abrupt decays and, and see what happens. I also played two Harsh Mentors, um, the main differences in this deck were that I was skewing uh, a Daze and a Force of Will for some flex slots, one of those slots being a hard counter spell, just counter target yeah. spell, um, which I, I, I really like in that deck. I like having just like, oh, whoops, I have this in my hand, and whatever you're casting isn't isn't working, no matter how much open mana you have, and it blows a lot of people out, it seems like. Um, so I'll go over the uh, the. Uh, tournament real fast just to give you an idea of what went down. Um, in round one, I played Charles Hagman, and uh, he was on Esper Stoneblade. And uh, in the first game, uh, we went back and forth for a little while, but then he got out a, uh, a true name and a Jitte, and it took a couple turns, but he got me pretty quickly after that. Yeah, right. Yeah, true name and Jitte is is hard for pretty much any deck to to overcome, but specifically my deck. Uh, just can't race something like that. Um, so in the next, the next one, I was able to get uh, two geese and a mentor while I was uh, stifling and wasting him off the game, and so he he really didn't have much of a chance to um, do anything against me. The mentor, uh, harsh mentor, um, w- was interesting against him because you know he's got the stone uh, uh, stone forge mystics, and uh, of course he's got. Uh, Jitte that isn't going to work very well with the harsh mentor on the board and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, that game he ended up uh, searching for a Jitte, but uh, I I don't I'm not positive he he realized it or not. He was just like screw it, like I'll just get anything. But there was not any way, uh, even if he had resolved the Jitte and done damage, he would have been able to stay alive at, at the amount of life that he was at. Yeah. Um, two mongooses helped too. If you can't sort supply shares, my guys, like 
that 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 becomes a problem for that deck. Um, in the next game, uh, it was pretty pretty similar. I was able to get, get down guys and keep them keep them in the early parts of the game. And uh, I, I think I ended that game at like twenty one life because he was able to swords like a cryptic serpent or something like that and maybe attack me once or twice. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was pretty easy for me to to beat that deck. Um, and I guess you know rug delver generally if you can get early in against uh, the the stoneblade decks, you're good. If it goes to late game, you generally tend to die. Yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah. Right. Um. Then the next next round, I ended up playing uh, Lee Zhu, uh, the other the other rug master at the store. So uh, Lee was on a traditional uh, rug delver deck. I will say he had he had uh, two hooting mandrels in his deck, and he had uh, grim lava mancers. So the lava mancers, I'm not going to take any credit for, but but hooting mandrels something something's in the water, something's rubbing off. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, he said the hooting mandrels worked really good for him the entire day. So. Um, he put his top four. Uh, yeah, he was top right. four for the day. Uh, uh, but he got me into very one-sided games. He was able to rug Delver me out while I was, uh, you know, he, he had Delvers I didn't, so my mongooses weren't really doing much against him uh, in the beginning of the game. And both of us being able to uh, work on a very low amount of mana, the stifled, you know, stifled days uh, wasteland plan doesn't work as good against that deck, so. Um, yeah, he was able to just uh, just get me out pretty quickly with that. It, De- Delver's being hard for me to deal with if I don't have any. I I, ne- I don't think I ever drew any direct damage against him. The six slots that I have in my deck of it. Why? Uh, so what what do you do in the mirror? Like, what's the strategy? I, I'm looking at your deck. So I'm looking at your deck list. So all the people at home don't really get that. But like, you've got submerge. You got two submerge. You've got two surgical extraction. I brought in two surgicals. I didn't bring in the submerges because I was I was just like let's try and just get it like get get in uh under him uh, or maybe uh you know I know he's running mostly green threats so I was hoping to wasteland and uh surgical his his green source which people love sure. to do against yeah. me and you might notice in my board I'm playing one forest I brought a forest in as well in case that's what he wanted to do to me uh in the second yeah. game uh it was it's pretty brutal in the second game I wastelanded his uh, volcanic island and he followed up with a surgical on the wasteland, so I had to follow up with a brainstorm because I had a wasteland and a uh, life from the loom in my hand. Yeah, it was pretty pretty terrible. So I immediately was like, okay, I'm not going to be on the wasteland plan anymore. So I put those two cards back on top of my deck so that I could not have them. Um, and and then like you know basically I didn't get to play the game I had I had uh, started out with. Your opening hand, you were like, I'm going to wasteland. Yeah, I was on the wasteland plan. Wasteland. And yeah. So he he just didn't care. He he. He completely uh, put me off that plan and uh, got underneath of me, as as that deck does. I mean, Rug Delver yeah. gets underneath of the deck, and if you're the slower Rug Delver deck, that's uh, you know that's what we learned. It's basically, uh, you know, the late game would have easily been mine with my larger threats, the True Name Nemesis, um, the 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 Serpent, you know. But uh, we didn't get to the late game, so he he got me in on those, and they, they were they were two uh, very fast games that that there wasn't a lot of interaction. Uh, either way. Yep. Um, so then uh, I ended up playing a burn deck um, in the second round. I lost very quickly in the first game. Like It was like Goblin Guide into Eidolon into Eidolon. And I was <laughs> I was like, I, I, I brainstormed, locked myself, like <laughs> looking for uh, a way to, to get into the game. 
uh, with like two nibble mongooses in my opener, and I was just like, this is no good. I didn't know he was on initially, obviously. Um, so I kept a hand that uh, like also had uh, Life from Malone in it as an opener, and like it just it, it just was all around a pretty bad opener to keep against a burn deck. So I lost that that game. And then followed up the next two games pretty strong. Uh, in fact, uh, in the second game, he cast Eidolon four times, but I had two Cryptid Serpents out, so he really couldn't attack through them. And I wasn't yeah. casting anything that actually cost um, two, like three or less mana. Is it two or less or three or less? Either way, it, I wasn't taking any damage from his Eidolons. And he was, I think after he'd gotten all of his Eidolons out, he had taken like six or seven, uh, six or seven, uh, like eight to ten damage off his own Eidolons. So uh once Fortified I just, tricks, yeah. Yeah. Once I started uh attacking in it was kind of over. Well he has to block the cryptic serpent that's that's six power. Yeah, yeah, it's just over. So yeah, he was he was in he was in a pretty tough spot. Um the second game, uh the only thing I can remember from the second game aside from it, it being pretty one sided is at one point he uh he fire blasted me with you know like he had like um three mountains and he was like, all right, I'll fire blast you with two floating. And I just hard cast counterspell. Um, and that was, uh, it just felt so good to be like, yep, I don't care if you have, like, I'm not going to daze like that, that form right there on the board gets, gets over daze and uh, spell pierce, but like just hard casting counterspell against somebody who's, who's in that deep with their fire blast. is just like so mind numbingly good. Yeah. Right. Um, so now you're two and one at this point yep two uh yeah two and one at this point uh so then i went up against uh uh chris kelly uh who's who's a known grixis player and um we had a pretty interesting game one uh where i started to get ahead and then he just pulled away from me and game two um i mulled to four and it was yeah it was a bummer uh playing against chris uh you know he's he was he he's been playing uh this deck a very long time and he sees me playing my rug delver deck a lot so he's seen a lot of the changes so he's super interested to play against the deck and see what i had changed and he was just like you're a maniac like main deck counterspell cryptic serpent uh you know like all these changes i'd made since the last time because he had seen me on push proof he was my one loss at uh grand prix new york um, oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it, and, and we, you know, we played a couple games afterwards and he was like really impressed with uh cryptic serpent aside from the fact that like, he was just like, it just dies to pyroblast, which is, you know, something he was going to bring in against me anyhow, but being well, able to yeah, get, we'll talk about that. yeah. And being and able I, to get I, I, his, uh, anglers with, with the cryptic serpent was kind of nice though. You were saying um, about the pyro, the pyroblast. No, I, I want to talk about cryptic serpent cause I was playing a deck with it online. I don't yeah. know if I mentioned on the cat. We'll finish here. So you're so now you're two and two. I'm two and two now. And and the 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 dream seems like it's dead, but there's only 35 people here. It's the top eight. People are dropping like flies. So um I, I've played Charles, who is um is like one and three, I think, which is sort of a bummer. Lee's undefeated. Uh Chris would Chris would go on to be on uh, uh that's I had the round switched uh because I played Chris in, in either the second or third round, and he is also XO. So um, at this point, Chris and Lee are two people I played, and they're both XO. So I'm like, yeah. my tiebreakers are, are pretty sweet right now. I keep getting paired up, which is sort of a bummer, but um, yeah. it is what it is. So the next round, I get paired up again, and I'm playing against Derek Heaton um, on Mud. 
And I'm like, okay, well, this is going to go terribly. And I had just watched him crush Charles. Like, this was a tournament of just straight locals. Like, I didn't see a single person that I didn't know aside from the burn player. And he <laughs> he knew somebody. So, like, every, uh, this was this was the most local of locals. Um, so, yeah, Derek Heaton, another local uh, local player on MUD. And in the first game, I was able to just wasteland him and counter, uh, I think, a chalice. And he had kept a hand that was, like, basically chalice on chalice on one. Do you have it? And I did. And uh, then I just got in with Tarmogoyf a couple of times. Um, the next game, I kept a one-lander with, uh, with a null rod. Um, just going, like, come on, please. Please, please, please let me draw that second land. I've got I've got like a couple cantrips in my hand. All I need yeah. to do is get this null rod on the board. Um I'll I'll be happy. And I had like a force of will too, so I was like, all right, whatever happens here, like I can I can fade so you him got for a turn. Null rod force a couple. Yeah, I'm keeping that hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um I ended up drawing uh as, as it was a unfortunately it was like a uh what's it called a uh, volcanic too so i had like a tarmogoyf in my hand i was like oh, i want to cast this tarmogoyf so of course i draw and it's a wasteland and i'm like fuck it like wasteland into uh no rod no rod and he's got a uh Grimonolith on the board but he didn't use it last turn so that's done he's just like well okay and so now he goes for a chalice on one and i have nothing in my hand that costs one i'm not even thinking about casting anything that costs one for the rest of the game for the most part um, I've got force of will and I think, I, I think I do have, like, I have a spell pierce or something and I'm like, that's just going to get pitched to force w- force of will. And, uh, I draw and it's tropical Island and I play the, uh, Tarmogoyf and I literally just rode the Tarmogoyf home for the next five turns. So you beat mud, beat mud. And that, and that tends to happen that's a nice... if, if they don't get like their power hand or like if they, if they don't, I, if I play a counter spell against their big thing. It doesn't really matter as long as they don't get cavern against me. I generally don't have too much of a problem against that deck. Well, honestly, like cavern's a weird card in that deck because sometimes they play cavern on turn one. You're like, okay, I'm not dead yet, mm-hmm. and then I can figure out a way around what's going on. You know, for like, sure. The, the real problem is when they when they start accelerating like immediately, and then you're like, it's like turn two, and they have a worm coil engine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've come back from games like that. Uh, there was an SCG event where, you know, I was playing. It was at post board. The guy put down like a turn two metal worker, and I was like, "This is bad." I've got a mongoose <laughs> on the board. I'm like, "This is just terrible. This is the worst ever." Because I know just next turn something bad is going to happen. And he goes worm coil engine, and I'm like, "Oh god!" I was like thinking about scooping because all I have in my hand is like a bolt, a stifle, and a life from the loam, and I'm just like, "Ugh!" Uh, I'll cast life from the loam. Take six. I cast life from the loam for nothing. Yeah. I, let Life from the Loam uh, put three cards into my graveyard. So I had like four or five cards in my graveyard at that point. And I, I played a land and I passed. And then he attacked in with the um, Worm Coil again. And I cracked for the fetch to put another card in there. Bolted the Worm Coil, blocked with my now thresholded Mongoose and stifled the trigger for the um, Worm Coil. Yeah. And then like ended up like wastelanding him back into the stone age and just like won that way. Um, but like he, he was just like, I'm not even mad. Like that's crazy. Yeah. So, okay. But in this, in this matchup, you know, yes. that seemed pretty like you, you seem to have like good plan against him. Yeah. You got to cut yeah. your, your was... rod down 
and then you chop cloud. Yeah, so you're yeah. good. The so board, now you're three and two. The board the board is pretty good against that deck too. I've got three yeah. artifact hosers in, in my in my uh, board. So yeah, now one Crossing Grip, one Ancient Grudge, one Mulrod. Yep. So now and I'm Winter Orb. three and two. <laughs> yeah, and Winter Orb. But I, I I I'll have to talk about Winter Orb after I get done the tournament because there's I got some notes about that. Um, yeah. So then we I, I go against Dennis Sal on uh on Grixis Delver. Uh Dennis and I uh relatively new friendship. Uh I've been going to some some larger uh tournaments of Bearded Dragon and stuff with him and some of the LIC guys. And um so uh Dennis got me uh la- last week in a modern event and I'm like, "All right, here's my chance for revenge." Uh game 1 was long. Like and people game 1 went so long People are now watching us because they know like this game matters for one of us to get to possibly get in, yeah. And so, I you know I'm I'm at like tenth place, um. And so if I win, I'm almost a lock to get it to get in because of my tiebreakers. Lee wins; he's right next to me, and I'm like, oh man, that's like really good for me. If Lee's winning, Lee's in, and my tiebreakers are good. Chris is undefeated. I'm like, I have this. If I win this match, I've got this. So the first game is like his his life total goes like 20 19 18 17 14 13 so like i i was plugging him with goose for like a while before yeah. it got big and then um he starts gaining life with um uh, a death right shaman but i've got so many spells and, and stuff in my in my yard he can't um he can't really deal with uh like getting it back down to threshold um, then he plays an angler, and I'm like, "Oh God, not an angler! Like that's that's the worst case scenario." I draw, hard, yeah. I draw Nimble Mongoose, and he's like, "Or so I, I draw a True Name Nemesis," and and he's like, "Oh, that's bad." So now he's got like he's got a situation where he can attack me, but like I can attack him, and I can also chump block where he can't chump block, and mm-hmm. he's running out of dudes in his yard every turn to deal with me clocking him. So, um, it's going back and forth like this. I draw a Tarmogoyf. He, uh, he's hitting me for two a turn with it, with his, uh, death right. But now he's getting to a point where he has to worry about his own life total. So he's like looking for creatures. There's no creatures in the yard. And, um, I draw Cryptic Serpent and play it. And he's like, this is really bad now. Cause he doesn't have any way to deal with that in his, in his deck. Um, and so I'm hitting him in for three. The, the game ends um, with me at five life and, hit, and him at one um, because he was like, get, he was just using the, using the uh, Deathrite Shaman to gain life anytime he could to stay mm-hmm. in it. And that's like something like 20 life changes for him. So that's it's a lot. Like we went back and forth for a while and people are like staring, watching this game go. And we get done and people are like, Wow, game three, that was crazy. I'm like, that's game one. We go, we well, shuffle who won? up. You won? I got, I got that one. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah. I got that one. And it was, like, really close. Um, game two, um, he gets. And it was almost the same sort of thing um, with true name on his side of the board. And then I got a true name, like, a turn later. And we're both kind of, like, sliding back. Or not true name, uh, sorry, Gr- Grimog Angler on his side of the board. So we're both co- kind of going back and forth about, like, who can attack, and I'm chump-blocking with, like, mongoose, because that's all they're good for against a Deathrite Shaman deck, is, like, here's a chump-blocker. Yeah. Um, but he gets that game. Game three, um, I'm looking forward to, like, this is awesome. Like, we're do- this, we've are we got, like, 12 minutes left. This isn't going to be a problem. We're going to be able to finish this on time. 
and the games are good. They're really tight. So I'm like, this is great. I shuffle up. It's a wasteland one, one lander. I'm like, that's fine. Shuffle up. It's another wasteland one lander. Shuffle up. No lander. Shuffle up. It's a one lander. I've got to keep it. So I went down to four again against Grixis Delver, and um, and he he got that pretty convincingly. I mean, there was there's not much to say there. Um, so yeah, D- Dennis uh took it, and then we go to the you know to the standings. I'm like, well, I definitely can't make it, and of course Dennis was like tenth place. I was like fourteenth or something like that. So it was yeah. sort of a bummer that he didn't make it in. Um, and then uh. Yeah, then you know Lee Lee went into the um, next round. He played against Chris uh, and won. So you know, there's there's one for Rug Delver against uh, against Grixis, yeah. I suppose. And then he played against Lands, and uh, and that was it. So after that, we you know we left. Wow, that's uh, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there with what with with your tournament here. Uh, let's talk about Cryptic Serpent though yeah. first, because I texted you out of the blue a couple of weeks ago. I was like. Isn't this card just a blue Tarmogoyf? Like, why are we not playing this card? <laughs> yeah, no, and I took that to heart, and I, I really looked at it, and, and the card's good. Yeah, I mean, so it's five blue-blue, and you only get reduced cost for the instance of sorceries, but you don't have to delve them away. Yeah. So that it, you can play it with Nimble Mongoose, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why you I can played play Nimble with, Mongoose this week. Yeah, you can play Snapcaster Rage. Um, it, and the interesting thing was funny, like, I know Lee was playing the Mandrills, right? And the Cryptid Serpent can actually block a Hooting Mandrills. Yeah. But the question is, how important is Pyroblast, right? Or how 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 being how important is being soft to Pyroblast? I was playing a red blue sort of stifly Delver deck online, mm-hmm. no other splash, and that was where I was testing the Cryptic Serpent. Yeah. And against like the check pile decks that are running Snapcaster and Pyroblast, mm-hmm. like when you have Delver and Cryptic Serpent and True Name. You sort of like, you know, You're the, like, one yeah. pyroblast goes a long way. So, but I think the card, I really do think the card is good, and I've seen it a couple times pop up as like a two of. But you don't need to keep it as a two of because you can pitch them to force, and you can cast them right after the other. Right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will say this: the the like, how bad that is to have it be pyroblasted is is equally as good as it is to be able to pitch it to force. Yeah, that's a good point, right? You know, I think I think it's it's a it's a zero sum game there. You you get you get one for the other, and that's that's kind of life. Um, but it's so good to be able to deal with your opponent's Gurmog Angler in a way other than like double blocking it or like just staring at it or, or dismember yeah. even. Yeah. Um. So I I really appreciated having it on uh, having it on the board against my opponent's Gurmog Anglers. Um. And and then, uh, the the other point was that like when I was facing down, I played, I played a couple of matches against uh, Omar Hernandez uh, before the uh, tournament started. And when I was facing down his Trunay nemesis, he didn't want to attack me. Yeah. Because this is worth two true name attacks. I mean, it's a six, five. Yeah, it's a so six they attack five. with the true name and you just get back in for six. Yeah, I mean, that's a quick, it's a quick clock. Yeah. He wasn't going anywhere. Uh, and I was like, I'm happy to keep that back until, you know, it lives through a true name attack too. So like, if I get a goif out, it's like, great. I've got a goif and a snake. You're taking at least four, and like, yes. what are you gonna come? What are you gonna come back and attack me? No, you need to block that snake again next turn. You can't even make any headway against me. Yeah, no, I think I think the card is good. I think there's definitely a good home for it. I just, 
my I felt that the deck I was playing, like I just kept running out of gas against uh, the Deathrite decks, which which was kind of weird. Like I, I was, it wasn't even that Deathrite itself was the problem. I was having trouble with like their true name or their uh, Baleful Strix, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean that's 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 sort of where I was where I was caught up. I I mean like evasion or something would be pretty good. There's no other than true name. There's no real good evasion around a baleful strix, yeah. and those are just popular cards now. But I'm glad you I'm glad you liked it. I thought I thought I was I was like sitting around and like yeah this card's pretty good. I don't know why I haven't tried it yet. And then like compared to uh, Bedlam Reveler, I mean it being blue, it being one less. Yeah. Like Bedlam Reveler is flashy because it draws all the cards, but I mean. Two red and six. It's a three four. It's not six five. Like a six yeah. five is a big boy. <laughs> two two blue is is not not terrible to deal with in in Rugdelber. It's not where you want to be exactly, but two uh, two red is like that's two thirds of your red sources on the board. That almost yeah. that doesn't happen a lot. Um, I mean, sure, it's going to happen late game, but you're not trying to keep your opponent in it for the late game. Um, and you're just asking to have it like dazed or force of willed, you know, like that, that card, that card, like you're putting a lot more effort into that card because you're probably trying to get rid of cards in your hand beforehand. You know, you're really playing into, into what that card is as opposed to snake where you're just like, I'll drop this. Uh, right. You know, and the thing is like, you can, I was playing three of them and it was never a problem. Yeah, like a Gurmag Angler, you really don't want to hit. Like three is a lot of Gurmag Anglers, just because it's you're delving oh, yeah. six or some amount, you know. And I'll tell you, submerge submerge is a hateful card to begin with, but having your monkeys uh, submerged is really tough. Um, yeah, having a Cryptic Serpent submerged, you're like, yeah, you time locked me for a turn. That's bad. It's not good, but like you can cast it again next turn at least. Like if someone gets your Hooting Mandrels, you're like, yep, that put me back two or three turns. Oh yeah, I mean, there's other cards you can play along with it. Like I had Grim Lava Mancer in my deck because even though this thing, like this thing, doesn't count lands, so I was like, I'll use the Grim Lava Mancer yeah. to eat the lands. I'll use the yeah, Cryptic yeah. Serpent with the sorceries. Yep. Uh, I, don't I, know. I will say this: uh, if if I were to play this tournament again tomorrow and had the same opponents, you know, like if I just knew what I was going into, mm-hmm. uh, the Mongoose would come out, Delvers would come in, the Harsh Mentors would come out, Grim Lava Mancers would come in. Um, and what else? I think that's kind of it. Oh, the winter orbs in my board were worthless. Like, yeah. totally worthless. I should, I would have been 20 times happier just to play, uh, uh, Pithing Needle instead. And I didn't, I didn't put any Pithing Needles in, in my board because Pithing Needle is good against so much more than just Miracles that isn't a deck anymore and Lands. Lands is, like, Lands is actually not that good against Delver if you can put a Pithing Needle down and sort of, you know, know what you're playing yeah. against there. Um, you know, your Stifles, go, you know, go a long way towards doing a couple points of damage to them. Um, you know, getting their maze, maze to um, not work and stuff like that. So, um, the, I, I definitely would have changed my sideboard and, and I think I would have switched up to more Abrupt Decay and push targets. I saw no Abrupt Decays yesterday also. There were no, uh, you know, no blue black decks, or sorry, blue, uh, blue uh, green decks, bug black decks. decks. There were no bug yeah. decks. <laughs> um, well, and, yeah, and, I've got an opinion on that, but I'll finish. Yeah, and I think I think I would have rather just been like, I'm going to overload you with targets for your fatal pushes, 
and what gets through gets through. And I can counter fatal push if I if I'm in a situation where I can counter it. So I think that uh, between the serpents, I would play them, uh, and and the what's it called the mongies and the delvers, I'd switch them around. And and I think that Tarmogoy is fine again. Yeah, I mean, okay. So a couple things about what you were saying, which is good. So yeah, the harsh mentors, like they, I think that we were excited for that card when Miracles was a deck. I, I tried it a couple times. It just does. It just isn't impactful enough against just fetch lands. Yeah. Like I guess the theory against miracles where you drop one and they have to remove it because they're trying to use a, they're trying to spin top and fetch every turn. So they need they can't let you pressure them with just one guy that's not even attacking. Well, I was thinking, uh, how good is it against deathrite shaman? Right. Like the thing is, is yeah. your opponent has four deathrite shamans and plenty of ways to get rid of harsh mentor. If I was yeah. playing four harsh mentor, it'd mean a lot more against deathrite shaman. But like I'm never going to have four in a list. That's just too yeah, many. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Unless you're playing like a straight up, like a, like you do some sort of like harsh mentor and Eidolon plan, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, some sort of something like that. But that's not that's not a deck yet. Um, and the other thing you're talking about was that you don't see a lot of bug decks. And I think so. You played Rug and Lee played Rug, and then you had a couple Grixis opponents. Mm-hmm. And it really just gets to like, you know, having the reach from Burn is really good right now, and yeah. probably just having access to Pyroblast is important right now as well. Um, and the bug decks don't have that. Like a bug delver deck is never going to just bolt bolt you to death, and then people stabilize at you know two four life, yeah. and uh, you know they, they they turn it around. Yeah, I, I I can I can definitely see it's it's interesting because Leovold is a Leovold is a very powerful card, and it's in that color combination, and I'm sure people will do well with it or have done well with it, and it's devastating. Um, but like as a Delver strategy, I don't, I don't, I mean, we're, we're going to see in a second, it's doing just fine, but I'm still sort of, I'm always vexed by that. Yeah. Like, I just feel like every time I play against like a bug Delver, you know, I'm, it's easier to stabilize than against like something like Grixis where it's like, okay, do I fetch myself down to six here, you know, or go from four to three? Like those decisions ma- matter a lot more. Yeah. I um, mean, like, you no, know your opponent has access to lightning bolt. It, it, lightning, lightning bolt definitely still one of the best cards in the game for sure. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's it's just being able to to get past, you know, oh, your opponent's sort of put you to a point where he's he's stabilized and you can't can't do anything. Um, it, it's so terrible. Like it's so bad to be to watch your opponent be at like two life and be like, oh, I just need to just need to get him, you know, yeah. Um, and just know that your deck has no way to do it. Um, and that's you know, volcanic yeah, islands, like- guys. They're so good. Yeah. yeah. So, well, that's cool. That's that's cool. I was I was playing the blue, the blue red deck. I'm not gonna go too much into it. I played it a few. I think I through four leagues, and I finished under 500. I think, and then I gave it up. Um, it was just like it was pretty much a rug delver deck without the green and with more cryptic serpents and you know more other creatures to sort of fill in, but the same sort of spell suite, you know, mm-hmm. with bolts and and stifle and stuff and. It was great against combo. Like you just hammer combo in this, <laughs> in this sort of like sad way where they'd have like one permanent <laughs> at the end yeah. of the game. Um, but uh, yeah, I just had trouble against like some of the more valuey decks. Occasionally was able to beat like Grixis, but uh, not not that often. So I shelved it. But I think I. But you know, I was looking for a home for Cryptic Serpent, and I felt that like the Gitaxian probe stifle, you know, yeah. where you sort of like know what to hold up on turn one. If that, you know, then that put two, suff- two uh, excuse me, two uh, cards in your, two instants in your graveyard and you've got the six, five down. But um, 
Well, that being said, I think we should do our date for our potential Patreon yeah. uh, special, right? Yeah, so we should talk about the top eight decks. Currently, um, if we were to drop this today, uh, we still have a few, uh, we have like, what, $30, $40, maybe Something like that. up there. So we need about 60 more bucks to go till we hit, the, till we hit our first goal for, for uh, Patreon. That's uh, www.patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Um, once we hit that, uh, that sweet, sweet $100 mark, um, we, will, uh, we will give back to the community in the form of a top eight uh, most played decks breakdown show. Uh, eight, eight shows, actually. Uh, one for each of the top eight currently played decks uh, shown at MTG Goldfish uh, based on the current legacy metagame. And those right now, I'm looking to see if we have a nice clean cutoff. Oh, we don't have a clean cutoff, but I will uh, give you the top seven. <laughs> okay. Um, top seven, and then there's four decks tied for eight. <laughs> All right. Because um, the top seven are Grixis Delver, uh, if we stop today. Number three, Bug Delver, despite Wait, what, what was, I think, What I was guess. number two you cut number off four. there for a second? Uh, Ad Nauseam Tendrils. Ad Nauseam Tendrils, okay. Ant Storm, yep. Uh, number three, Buck Delver. Number four, Sneak and Show. Number five is Topless Miracles. They're back. Um, they're back. Number six is Elves. Number seven is Death and Taxes. Tied for eight, there are four decks. Esper Deathblade, Blue Red Delver, uh, and, and uh, Big Red, the Hazard, the Fervent, you know, Chalice, Trinisphere, Blood Moon deck. There's actually two Esper Deathblades. Well, the other one looks listed. like it's just Esper Stoneblade. Yeah, one's like, yeah, one's Stone. Okay, that might be right. Yeah, one's Stoneblade, one's got like Noble Hierarch in it. So, yeah. yeah. So maybe that would be our eighth deck right now if everything was to stop immediately. But yeah, so Miracles has been has been sort of back online, I guess. But I've played against this deck, and I don't really. It's not the same. It's not like Miracles is back. Yeah. It's more like there's a new blue-white control strategy, right? Exactly, yeah. That, that's that's sort of the way I look at it. Like, a one-mana Wrath is still pretty good. Uh, you know, no one's, no one's going no to say they don't, they don't think Terminus is, is a good card, because it certainly is. Um, it looks like the strategy on this, on this is more based on playing Portent to be able to set up a Miracle for your opponent's turn, and, um, and, and using Predict a lot with Portent, Ponder, Brainstorm, and Unexpectedly Absent. Um, to create like a real uh, steamroll of of card advantage, then you're playing Snapcasters, Click and Jace, you know, to kind of clean things up. Uh, the deck plays here, a treat yeah. as well, um, and and you know, you're it, it's really just a blue blue white control deck with um, three Pyroblasts in, in the board. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like I really I feel like this deck is a blue white control deck, whereas I felt like Miracles was a prison deck. Yeah, because of countertop. Like when you don't have to play against countertop, it just feels totally different. Like terminus, it sucks to get terminus, I know, but like at least you're not like punished for trying to play around terminus by holding guys back, you yeah. know. Um, but like the, the the engine in here is is crazy with with uh, twelve of these one mana cantrips plus mm -hmm. the four predicts. And then unexpectedly absent, I guess, is like sort of the breakout star here, right? Where they they sort of build their own vindicate that draws two cards with the unexpectedly absent and predict. Um, do you think 
I mean, what do you think we're gonna? What do you think this deck is gonna sort of develop into? You think it's gonna be like a force? You think people are still sort of adjusting to it? I mean, obviously, time will tell here. But I, I like I like that it exists for sure, and I can actually play this deck, which is super nice. Like I, you know, I think I need to get like two predicts, and and I have all the cards for this deck, so that's yeah always good to be able to be like, well, I can actually test this out and see what's going on. The other thing is, is I don't think that this is going to be the this is the best deck. Everyone must play this. You're going to be playing it every other round in a legacy event kind of deck, which yeah. is great. I, I I'm so sick. I was so sick of playing miracles every like third round, and being like, well, either my opponent knows what they're doing or they or they don't. Then it's like, am I a better miracles pilot than my opponent because I'm playing like a not, I'm not playing miracles obviously, but like, can I beat him on his on his margins basically? Yeah. Um, so. I appreciate not having to play against, like, traditional miracles, but I do think that, like, a blue-white control deck is, you know, it's inherent to the health and safety of magic, you know? Like, uh, you gotta you got to be getting value out of your Tundras somehow. I, yeah, I just, I feel like this is a better representation of what that kind of deck feels like to play against, where your stuff is, is answered one-to-one. Yeah. And you sort of have these, like, escape hatches, whereas the countertop, lock just made it so that you know you were just kind of sitting there <laughs> waiting to see if you could sneak something through that would then be hit by their one-to-one yeah. uh, removal or counterspell or something yeah. um and also the thing about this deck that i think i feel like it's more there's definitely strategies that are more compatible what's interesting about it is that um like i feel like maverick would be good against this deck because i think like you have like mom and gaddick teague Mm-hmm. And this deck is in trouble. <laughs> like, there's a lot of X spells. Yeah. Uh, like, unexpectedly absence an X spell, right? Um, and you know, you won't be able to uh, to get it able. It does not. No, you died out for a second there, Nate. Let's find it with top. You died out Sorry. for a second there. Uh, you were saying uh, about the X spells. Yeah, just it's got a, it's got a lot of X spells with unexpectedly absence. So like it's extra removal and mm-hmm. sort of like protect like Teague just is sort of inherently good against it. Yeah. I mean, I, I it it's a deck that I think is is good but definitely not tier 1. So, I mean, even if it is tier 1, it's not like tier 0, you know, which is what which is pretty much what Miracles became. There's no mentor in this deck anymore. Obviously, they're not chaining uh tops to make, you know, a thousand tokens kind of thing and you know, get you in one turn. So, uh, I think it's it's kind of an, a a nice a, a nicer miracles deck, you know. It's like, like a compromise, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I I ate it pretty hard too. Like it seems like it's hard to beat with a Belver deck. <laughs> um. So we'll see how see how people react or sort of change, you know. Yeah. Um. But I I I don't know. You can also attack this. Like Chalice just seems so good against this deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Brainstorm, ponder, port, and swords to plowshares. Like that's a lot of your deck, and then they have unexpectedly absent to get rid of the yeah, chalice. Yeah, you can use the. Uh, as I say, unexpectedly absent is like, you know, that's a but valve at least for that. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that I think this is more sort of compatible. This is the idea that like Maverick could have a good matchup with this. Maverick's matchup against Miracles was abysmal. Like, and that was it, Terminus was. For a creature deck, but like not being able to play around Terminus was worse for the creature decks. Yeah. 
I mean, because, I can see like, this also going into the zone of like a Caracas deck too, like playing with uh, Venser and playing with Click. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see how many paper versions of it we'll see at the Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Like it, it does. What do you think you're gonna? What do you think you're gonna see at that tournament? We'll talk about that again more in a couple of weeks as we get closer to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people are thinking like miracles, and then like drawing into the line too. Like, I guess those people are gonna be playing Stoneblade if they stay on blue white, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I said when we were doing my Grand Prix trials. Like, well, everyone's playing these Stoneforge decks. I'm bringing a Kolagon's Command deck, you know? Yeah. Well, this Kolagon's Command isn't good against this deck. No, <laughs> not at all, not at all. Uh, I'll tell you, Kolagon's Command is super good against the deck that won uh, that Grand Prix trial that I played in, uh, Death and Taxes. Uh, yeah. If you can cast Kolagon's Command. It is monstrously good against Death and Taxes. Well, I mean, this deck this deck is not killing your guys. Nothing's going to the graveyard. Swords of Plowshares, Unexpectedly Absent Terminus. So that mode is turned off. It has no artifacts in the 75, at least of the list I'm looking at. No yeah. artifacts in the 75. Mm-mm. Two damages, nothing. Discard a card. Well, they've got 16 cantrips. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're like, whatever. Yeah, whatever, okay. Sure. So, yeah. I'll put this island in the, in the graveyard, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> so uh so yeah it's just interesting how quickly like i you think you have a plan for what's going to emerge and then you know this deck is is coming out there i just but like i think the value of a card like leovold goes up a lot with mm-hmm. portent gets around leovold i know but predict you know becomes pretty bad yeah uh unexpectedly absent and predict on you becomes terrible <laughs> yeah uh, i mean like, think about think about don't you target your opponent with predict as well? So it's like so bad. Yeah, target players. Target yeah. players. Like, so yeah. it's, it's, that's the worst. You're just like, well, I'm going to target you. And then you're like, oh, no. Uh, draw three, I guess. Because <laughs> um, I'm not drawing anything for this. So uh, your opponent yeah. draws a card and you net, you lose a card. And then you didn't draw the card you would have drawn. It's, it's a net of like three cards for your opponent if Leah pulls out. Yeah, so I mean, I think that's that's interesting. The True Day Nemesis goes up in value as well because of the uh, because of the spot removal here. Like they still have the sweepers, but they're not going to be as consistent. Um, so, and it, it, you do wonder, like with this deck, I think the question I have is like, when do I start countering? When do I start red blasting their cantrips? You know? Oh, I mean, I think when they draw you more than one card. <laughs> yeah it's just like it's you should red right? blast, yeah. blast any predict right especially because they probably have unexpectedly absent something onto the top of your deck and they're like i'm gonna predict that you have this on top and you're like no hieroblast well, now what about yeah what about the value of a card like spell snare now counter spell this deck has three counter spells two four predicts two unexpectedly absent which they cast for zero as a two mm-hmm. uh three snapcaster mage and then the board two containment freeze three canonist one disenchanted mark i'll come in against your um, against your spell snare deck, but I, I mean, mean spell snare just like suddenly out of nowhere. Like, honestly, spell snare has been good against miracles forever, right? Yeah. Um, d- based off of you know counterbalance and and snapcaster mage, but it only gets better against this deck. I think it's better against this deck. Than I mean, it was not to mention miracles. they're miracles probably going to unexpectedly nab. absent you for for zero anyhow. At some point, yeah, they're trying to be mana efficient, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Spellsnare Spell Snare was a good card against Miracles, but it wasn't good if you didn't nail the first counterbalance with it. Yeah. This one, Spellsnare's going to be good the whole game. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Spellsnare spell to win your counterspell wars, 
against actual counterspell or to just not let them have a predict is so well, I, I'm still sort of like thinking like how much do I want to start preparing no we're losing you Nate couple games against it to figure out what was really going on here <laughs> I, I lost you there for a second um so uh, you you were saying about uh ha- being able to get them with uh how much better the real state of, of sn- spell snare is and i think i lost you there oh uh, i was just saying that like spell snare is a little bit better against this than it was against miracles because if you don't name the first counterbalance or nail the first counterbalance it kind of dies yeah yep um, but it's just a matter of like how much do you want to start planning for this deck versus how much do you want to just sort of like be aware of its presence? Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of people will switch to it though because yeah, people I mean, have. You gotta at least try this deck, right? Like you want to you want to see whether or not it's 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 the real deal. So there's there's gonna be people testing it over the next. Jeez, June tenth is is the Grand Prix? Is that correct? June fifteenth. June fifteenth. So it's coming up. That's that's two weeks away, basically. Um, so people are gonna are, are gonna be pushing this deck just to see if this is the deck that they want to play. If if I were put in a position of I used to play Miracles, now I'm playing something else. Now I have this deck. I'd probably keep this deck to the side and not and not chance it and play a deck I'm more familiar with at, at a Grand Prix that's only two weeks away. Yeah, I think it might have just come in just a little too late or sort of taken off a little too late to affect the Grand Prix, but I still think we'll see people playing it. Oh, we'll definitely see people playing it, for sure. I mean, yeah. we're going to see people playing, you know, uh, enchantments, enchantress, and stuff like that. Like, people are going to yeah. are gonna go out there and waste their money playing playing Tier 2 decks, for sure. Um, so I, I don't think it, it's unheard of to try to try this deck, which seems to be doing pretty well right now, at, at number 5 on, on uh, what would be our list, so... Definitely. Well, I'm. I've got a couple more weeklies before the Grand Prix, so I don't know what I'm going to play tomorrow. <laughs> um, figure something out, I guess. <laughs> um, but I, I, I want. I want to see if someone brings this to the local. <laughs> Maybe I should bring. It. I don't know. Portance. Portant. Yeah, I tried to find Portance the other day, and uh, man, they are not easy to find right now. I think I have four predicts. I think I found them in the nickel box. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily just was like, oh, I'll grab a set of these things. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. All right. Are we all set? Do we have anything else for this week? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's everything. Uh, yeah. Nothing else, to, right. nothing else to bring up. All right. Have a good week, everyone. Have a good one, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Where does he get those wonderful toys?